I flew all the way to Austin, Texas to meet with the pound for pound goat of jiu-jitsu. It's Gordon Ryan on this week's Food Truck Diaries. I'm feeding them CM Smokehouse Barbecue and your boy is cooking. Let's go. The king is in the building, Mr. Gordon Ryan. How, how you guys? doing, brother? Good, how are you guys? How you doing, man? Can't complain, I can't complain. God, you look good, dude. <laughs> it's the Austin air, I think. I'm, I'm trying. Just trying to get through these last two weeks of camp, and then uh, we'll be home free from there. How, how you feeling? Obviously, you've been pretty uh, transparent about you know your stomach issues, stuff like that. Not only are you competing you know, at the highest level in jiu-jitsu and doing it you know, the best ever do it. I feel comfortable saying that. The best ever do so. it. think so, at least. Yeah, yeah. I think anybody who says otherwise is an idiot. But, uh, you know, so you're competing not only against the top jiu-jitsu guys in the world, but you're also competing against yourself with your body. Yeah. Your body. So you got to deal with both those things, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I feel a lot better now for sure. Um, you know, my stomach, I've talked about it a million times. My stomach got so bad, I wasn't even able to, not even train, but just like function as a normal human being. Like the first time I did Rogan, I was so nauseous. I have like no recollection of what we even talked about. Cause I was just like, come on, man, hold it together, hold it together. I remember watching him being like, God, he drinks a lot of water. Cause you're just sipping water. I was sipping water sipping because water I, was about water. To, I was about to throw up. I'm like, come on, just I'm like push it down, push it down. It's like every time I'd stop talking, I'd have to just like sip water, sip water. And then finally, like we're like two and a half hours in, and I'm like, oh, it subsided. And then like Rogan's like, all right, man, thanks so much. Yeah, and I was oh, like, oh got it. we're done. And you don't want to hit up Rogan yeah. the night before because I, I think that was your first time doing that's uh, GRE. You don't want to hit him up like, hey, man, my stomach hurts. I'm not going to make well, it. Well, that's the but thing. they don't realize when you say your stomach hurts, it's not like me where it's whatever, you know, I have like a tummy ache. Yeah. Like, your shit is serious. So it was like, I hadn't really met him before that. And we never hung out. And I just, I was living in Puerto Rico at the time. I was actually looking for houses in Austin. Because if you talk to Rogan for more than a half hour, you have to move to Austin. That's like a rule. Yes. Um, that's why I hang up at 28, <laughs> 28 minutes in, dude. So then, uh, you know, it was like the first time we ever really hung out and I was on the podcast. And I'm like, man, I cannot tell Joe Rogan that I can't do his podcast because I have a belly egg. I'm like, I got to just power through it. <laughs> but uh, can't make it, man. Stomach yeah. hurts. Yeah. But I've been on this treatment now with uh, this guy, Dr. Rabar, actually in L.A. Um, and uh, it's like 80, 80, 85% better now. So it's a lot better than it was. And I can at least manage it for competition. So I'm happy. Yeah, that, that's why, you know, uh, when we decided to do the food truck, I was like, man, because I have to be careful what I eat because I have psoriasis. It just flared up. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, it's autoimmune disease. So I can't eat certain things now, too. So with the picking the food trucks is dicey. And then I was just selfishly thinking myself. And then I, it hit me literally three days ago. I'm like, oh. Well, what the fuck are we gonna eat? Oh, what are we gonna do, man? Just the worst food truck ever. We can't eat. Yeah. No one can eat. You're eating carrots. I'm eating like a fucking so lettuce. I'm confident enough to eat food truck stuff now, but I'm not confident enough to do it during an interview. Smart. Because if I, am I eating it, I'm like, oh man, I'm getting a little nauseous, and then I kind of just snowball. Then you get anxiety because you're trying to talk on yeah, camera, man. and I'm like, oh man. So I'm, I'm actually fasted all day just for this, and then I'm gonna just pick out oh, after dude, this. Oh, dude, you're the best, brother. You're the best. Well, hope it's not too bad. It's actually freezing in Austin. It's, yes. For those watching this right now, uh, you know, I'm an L.A. kid. I, I guess you're used to the cold in New Jersey, yeah. right? Jersey, but New York, It's yeah. a little windy, a little cold out here. So we're going to take it inside, brother, and finish this inside. And then we're also going to order food that hopefully doesn't flare up my spots and flare up your <laughs> stomach. We're getting older, man. We're just getting older. Right now, it's Let's do bad. it, brother. <laughs> Thank you.
doing, brother? Good. How y'all doing today? Appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, for sure. You got a great setup here. I'm going to... We, we both have issues. Uh, it's worse than mine. I'll take my spots. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling, feeling confident now, to be honest. So, I'm oh, gonna, man. I'm going to go off the rocker today. Bro, if this goes south, <laughs> don't don't be mad at me, dude. I'm not encouraging this. I'll, I'll do your uh, your Wagyu burger. All right, cool. Yeah, For you, man? Hey, can I just have the, uh, just the regular cheeseburger with just uh, mayonnaise and lettuce yeah. and uh, french fries? Yeah. Oh, you going sure. fries? Yeah. And oh, can, I, can I have a medium well? Also? Yeah, dude. I got you. Perfect, thank you. Perfect, sure. brother. Yeah, yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate sure. it. I'll bring yeah, it out to you. Thank you. Yeah, fingers super <laughs> cross, man. Dreaming as an underdog, but now I'm on my way. Stayed up every single night and hustled every day. I've been going so hard. Now I'm on my way. Like, oh my God. All right, my man. Got your cheese. When's the last time we had a cheeseburger? Uh, I've been feeling pretty good lately. It's probably been about a week. But, okay. But... There was a, like a four-year period where I couldn't eat cheeseburgers at all. So, so now you're just... I'm trying to make up for it now that my stomach's feeling okay. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm so nervous it makes you sick. It won't, though, man. Now, the big news came out with Flow Sports. Yeah. That you signed the first ever for Jiu-Jitsu seven-figure deal. I mean, that's historic in Jiu-Jitsu, man. You're, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're the you're the chosen one to carry this sport in the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, it's a one-year... Uh, non-exclusive uh, seven-figure deal uh, for them and uh, yeah, I think that doing big deals like this and making them public I think helps obviously bring a lot of eyes to the sport helps everyone get paid uh, and uh, it's just good overall for us um, for the longest time there just wasn't the ability for anyone to make any money through jiu-jitsu unless they started fighting or unless they owned schools or they just spend all year teaching seminars uh, yeah, but now we have at least one guy in the sport who can make, like, I guess, real athlete money. That's all you uh, need, because then you just open competing. up the you open up the gates. Yeah, just and just competing. Yeah. So. Now you got to be at a certain level to, you know, you obviously earned it. But I think, you know, for for the naysayers, the haters out there, it's like, oh, you don't realize this. This him getting a seven figure deal helps all of you, all of you guys. Like, we need this for the sport to grow, and it's you know, you just have to be the guy who has the personality, has the look, and obviously clearly has the skill set where you're drawing attention from not just kind of this niche jiu-jitsu community. You're, you're, you're drawing attention from, you know, the, the casual fan, you know? But you, you need guys like you. Yeah, and it's rare they come around, but you're the guy in heavy lies the crown. That's a lot of pressure, I'm sure. Yeah, we need jiu-jitsu to bridge the gap from being a participant sport where most people who watch jiu-jitsu also participate in jiu-jitsu to a spectator sport Correct. where most people who watch jiu-jitsu don't do jiu-jitsu or a lot of people don't do jiu-jitsu like people who most people who watch the ufc aren't showing up the next day to get punched in the head by their buddies yeah. like yeah. so we need we need a lot more people who don't do jiu-jitsu who are watching it just because they're a fan of the sport or they're a fan of you know one of the athletes so i think it's and a clear you know with your how dominant you are people love a winner no matter what it is you know you like tiger woods look at what he did for golf 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 was dead for how many years? And then Tiger comes around, he's just dominating, and you know, he has a certain look, and he's electric, and they gravitated more of the general fans over. So you're kind of like the Tiger Woods of yeah. jiu-jitsu. You need the Tiger Woods, the Tony Hawks, you need the Michael Jordans, like you need- Tony Hawks a better example. Yeah, like you need at least the one guy in the sport that's gonna transcend and push the sport further than, the athlete goes further than what the sport is supposed Correct. to be. And I, I think the biggest thing 
not the problem. It's just, you know, it takes time. Is educating the fan base. Like, the general, you know, consumer of mixed martial arts, when the fight goes to the ground, like, oh, come on, get back to the feet, rip his hat off. It's like, no, no, no. It's actually really cool what they're doing down there. So it's just educating the people of this chess chess match and the high level of grappling. Well, that's the thing is, you're never going to have as high of a ceiling with jiu-jitsu or grappling arts as you will with striking arts. Because someone gets punched in, the, punched in the face, it's easy to understand. You can all understand yeah. that, yeah. Um, so, like, jiu-jitsu is never going to be as big as, you know, MMA. Uh, it won't even be in the same same ballpark. You don't need it um, to be. But you don't need it to be. No. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. Um, you know, you just need it big enough where you can make real, real money as an athlete. And there's so many people involved in the sport where if you do teach a seminar, you can charge a lot of money. If you do make it instructional, a lot of people are going to buy it. Correct. Um, and there's a lot more ways to generate money in jiu-jitsu than there is in MMA. Like, if you're a fighter in MMA, you basically just fight, and then, you know, maybe do appearances here and there. If you're an um, outlier, you have, like, some big endorsements, we got to be a real outlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but jiu-jitsu, you can make money even after you retire because you can teach. Like, there, there's not really a big market for teaching MMA because Ew. most casual fans don't want to get punched the, in the face. And they don't want their kids getting punched in the yeah. face. Yeah. Um, but jiu-jitsu, like, if, you can, if I compete until I'm 40, I can continue teaching for the rest of my life, and then that kind of... That even after my competitive career, I can still generate revenue. Yeah, lifelong um, journey. Yeah, so uh, you know it's definitely different, uh, and it takes longer to make money, and you don't make as much money in your prime as an athlete, as a high-level MMA fighter, but you can generate money for a lot longer. Yes, over yeah, over a long period of time. But also, it you know it's like if the UFC, who you know, who's the catalyst of kind of mixed martial arts, they're basically the you know they're the Kleenex of tissue paper right when people like people go oh do you do ufc that's how big the sport is right so especially the ufc if they would just put the same promotional kind of assets into you or these high level jiu-jitsu players instead of the slap fight league i was just gonna say i'm trying to get the slap fight promotion <laughs> that's what we need that slap fight the same vibes the slap fight gets the, into the, into what you're doing the slap fight and then when i was talking to the fight fast guys they're like well what do you want i'm like man I want the same kind of marketing that gets Patty Pimlet two million Instagram followers every week. He gets it deleted. He like gets his Instagram deleted for saying something, and then that next week he has two million followers. The next yeah. week he has three million followers, and he gets it deleted again. I'm like, that's the kind of marketing I want. Yeah, like, you guys gotta bump my shadow ban up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. But with with the, uh, it's like I think that's one of the reasons I'm triggered by the slap fight league. And I'm I'm not knocking the guys that do that. Like God bless you. You know them doing that is insane. I, I would never fucking do that but you know they're putting their their brains on the line there and it's kind of this shock factor but the reason i'm triggered by it's because i know guys like you and i you know i've been in the jiu-jitsu scene for a while and i've seen mma fighters around like oh if you guys would just focus on the there's so many great stories out there good people have worked years and years and years to get this kind of spotlight on them like do that man don't it's, look for the quick buck it's crazy a lot of the slap fight guys I met them at the PI, and uh, a lot of them do jiu-jitsu. And uh, I met, like, both teams, and like, oh, man, what's up, Gordon? And I was like, hey, guys, like, I didn't know how you know me, but they're yeah. like, oh, man, like, I'm a purple belt, I did jiu-jitsu. Um, so I met those guys, they're, they're cool. And I saw a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff with them filming. And uh, it's definitely interesting, for sure. Um, but if jiu-jitsu can get that kind of marketing... Uh, that's all we need. ...the UFC invests, like, heavily into grappling, which I think they are now, thankfully, um, that's going to be... That'll just completely change the sport overnight. 
What's up, fam? Let's take a little break from chatting with the GOAT of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm back in Calabasas now, but I had a great time in Austin chatting with my straight-up boy now. We're talking about Gordon Ryan. And listen, if you want to look like Gordon Ryan, you need to get your meal plan right. You need to eat right. This new year, you've got goals. Maybe they're not the same as Gordon Ryan, but you got some pretty high goals you want to set for yourself. And my friends at Factor are here to help you achieve each and every single goal that you have. Fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list, like in better jiu-jitsu. All right, achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. Too busy to cook? Say less. Factor, go ahead and skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, cleaning. All right. Uh, Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two freaking minutes. All you have to do, heat up, enjoy. It takes all the guesswork out. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has delicious flavored packed meals to help you live a fullest, fullest diet that whatever you're on whether it's keto calorie smart vegan veggie protein plus what your thick friend does here because of psoriasis all right with 34 chef prepared dietitian approved weekly options there's something always new to try out want to cut back on takeout get factor instead not only is factor cheaper than takeout but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two freaking minutes all right so get factor enjoy clean eating without the hassle simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh Flavor, flavor packed meals delivered right to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash shop50. That's S C H A U B 50. Use the code shop50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code shop50 at factormeals, F A C T O R meals.com slash shop50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor. Agree. And, and and you have the athletes, you have the personalities, you have the drama, you know, there's the storylines there. It, it just, it makes so much sense to me and they got to do it. When you talk about the being in Vegas, being at the, the UFC, uh, was it the, is the API, is that what they call it? Is it Apex? The Apex. Yeah. The Apex. The Apex, the Apex. The I was a commercial for Rain with uh, Thor, big Thor from Game of Thrones, you know? Mm-hmm. And he comes back and this just shows, it's like this is a, you know, casual fan or whatever and obviously knows who you are and we're sitting down and he's like oh you know who I who I rolled with yesterday I'm like who he's like Gordon Ryan I'm like how'd that go <laughs> and he's like man and he was baffled this is just and it's just it's not his fault it's just ignorance is bliss he's like man he like I thought I would be able to like control him and hold him down I'm like Gordon Ryan I Thor and he's he's my boy I was like you you thought you were gonna do well he's like yeah I'm so much bigger and I just feel like I get underneath him to hold him down I'm like that's insane, dude. I started yeah. laughing. He's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, I- I'm laughing. Dude, I can't believe you thought you were going to do well. He was like, that's messed up. I'm like, no, it's not. That'd be like playing Jordan one-on-one. Like, I, dude, I can't believe I didn't get a shot off. It's like, really? It, it's just they, he doesn't know. We were, we were drilling uh, side control escapes with him and Martins. So I'm like, well, what do you guys want to do? So like, okay, we, they're like, we're just going to leave it up to you. I'm like, all right, well, do you want to see like cool stuff or do you want to see stuff that like you know, will actually help you get better at jiu-jitsu. They're like, we want to get better. I'm like, okay, well, number one issue heavyweights have is bottom position. Yes. Um, so I'm like, let's do some, let's, let's do some, and then, you know, Martin's used to wrestle, so I'm like, let's do some side control escapes into some wrestling techniques where you punch an underhook in, you come up on single legs, move the tight weight, stuff like that. So like, okay. So I start showing the moves, and instantly, <clears throat> the second they start drilling together, 
it just turns into a full roll. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, guys, I'm like, so Martin's it just goes to the side control. He has like full inside position. He's just squeezing him as hard as he can. Thor can't move at all. I'm like, this is never gonna work. Like unless you like let him do it. Like yeah. do it. Like this is just one move. We're drilling. So we go, we go through. Like, yeah, we want to do like an hour class. So like ten minutes goes by. They're both exhausted because it turned into a full roll. Then the camera guy's like, we want to see you roll. So I'm like, oh man. So I I look or, I look around because I have to compete the next day. So this is something that is worth mentioning because like in less than 24 hours I have to compete. So I look around and I'm looking for John because I know if John sees me rolling with these two Damn guys, yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna freak out. So I'm like looking around the room for John and I see he's like over in the corner like doing toes to bar or like on, like lifting weights or something on the other side. So I'm like, all right, let's do it quick. So like I let Thor start in side control. Like, full inside position. He's got everything. Like, my arm shelved. And I'm like, all right, go. And so, like, I escape. I sweep him. And then, like, end up submitting him. And uh, he's like, man. He's like, I don't know what just happened. So then, like, Martin's goes. And Martin's, like, a lot more compact than Thor. Yeah, he's and built like a fire hydrant. He, and he's like and, a, yeah. built like, like a baby and rhino. He's got, like, some instincts because he used to wrestle, whereas Thor never really grappled. Um, so Martin's, like, locks into side control. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be worse. So I escape Martin's side control. We start wrestling. And he's, like, freaking out. I have him in, like, all good positions. He's just, like, ragdolling me around the map. And then, like, 30 seconds later, he gets so tired. He's like, man, I'm done. And I'm like, that was it? <laughs> so then, like, we did a couple more rounds. And then Martins and Thor wrestled. Uh, and then Big Dan from our team wrestled uh, wrestled those guys. And uh, we, we kind of made a little YouTube video out of it. But. I, th I think, it, yeah, it's a great video. I think, But it, I think it's good for people to see that because I think guys see, like, Thor's map. Listen, I've been around big guys. When I saw Thor for the first time, I'm like, oh, that's... The He's biggest human I've ever seen. Like, oh, you're yeah, so yeah. big, dude. It's out of control. This is good because when I meet, like, a regular person who they just... People are like, oh, man, if the guy was just way bigger, it would never work. Now I can say I literally grappled the strongest person on the planet. 100%. And I promise you, jiu-jitsu works. Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> works. That's why it was designed for, yeah. right? So, yeah, with Thor, I just can't believe how he could easily maneuver me and flip me. I'm like, really? I guess I couldn't stop laughing. He was... He was a, you know, he wasn't taking to heart. He was just like, I can't. He's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, I, I'm just baffled. You thought it was going to go well, Thor. Like, that's insane to me. But he, he was a good sport about it. He, he, he's a good dude. So for you, like, I, I'm sure you've thought about, it. like, obviously the legacy, you're, you know, you're doing the damn thing, the most accomplished no-gi grapper of all time. You just signed this big seven-fight, or I'm sorry, seven-figure deal with Flow, Flow Sports. It's like, where, and you're 27. So it's like, do you see kind of, like how long are you gonna do this? Like, what's the goal here? Yeah. You gonna wait till you, you're the just the face of all of it? So it depends on three things. Uh, number one, obviously I have to stay healthy. So as long as I'm healthy, which I somehow just can never be completely healthy with my stomach. But uh, as long as I'm, my stomach is manageable, uh, and I have John as my coach. I won't compete without John as my coach because um, I feel like that makes such a big difference. Um, and also, Sunny runs my diet. She runs my workout. She runs everything for me on that end. So, if I have Sunny around, if I have John around, and if I'm healthy, uh, I plan to compete until I'm 40. Because that's about when you peak in terms of isometric strength, but still maintain good amounts of cardio. And jujitsu athletes peak a lot later because of the fact that most sports like wrestling, MMA, boxing, they're all sports based on explosion. Whereas. Yeah grappling jiu-jitsu uh is built around isometric tension yeah so you don't need that explosivity that you do in the other sports so you peak a lot later so you see like someone like andre 
it's my belief that Andre was the best Andre in 2019 ADCC. You're talking about Galvo? Yeah. 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 Um, he was almost as good when he fought me, but he wasn't as good as when he fought Felipe, I don't think. Interesting. Um, and he was 40 when he fought me. So I think Andre's peak was his 38. I mean, he was bigger than ever. His cardio was better than ever. He was yeah. more technical than ever. Um, he had that many more of tech, that many more years of technical development. So it's my belief that you you peak between 35 and 40 in grappling. That's so interesting. if I can compete until I'm 35, 40, uh, I'll be happy. And one of the things I want to do, which is like almost impossible. If you tell me MMA, I'm gonna freak out. No. Um, so Bushesha is the most decorated competitor of all time in terms of medals. He's four, 14 IBJJF Nogi or uh, IBJJF world titles. Love Bushesha. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but the world is every year. So what I want to do is basically impossible, but I want to try it anyways. If I double gold in ADCC every year until I'm 40, I'll have more ADCC medals than he has world titles. Oh, wow. Uh, so Quite the goal. It'll be almost impossible because ADCC is every two years. Yeah. It's like every year if you do worlds, you double gold. And so every year, every other year, you can double gold in ADCC. So it takes twice as long. But I'll have like, I think I'll have 15 medals. I did the math one time. If I double gold every year until I'm 40, I'll have 15 medals. That's insane. Uh, so if I can do that, then I'll be like, okay. Then you'll be happy, I'm, then I'm you're done. good. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, the one thing I never want to hear, and there was rumors about it, because when you signed with one championship, you did the uh, grappling match there. But when they told me you're going to MMA, I don't like that. Because I, I think you're the guy who can do this, the reason why high-level jiu-jitsu guys go to MMA is because they're not making the money yeah. that they need to in jiu-jitsu. You are, and uh, uh, MMA, it's like, just like anything, it's like, it takes years to, now you're grappling at such a high level, you can do it, and the, the striking, you can you know, figure out to make sure you're safe, but it's like, no, just keep being the Michael Jordan of jiu-jitsu, because yeah. it makes the sport look bad, I think. It makes jiu-jitsu look bad when these guys jump out of it and go to MMA. Yeah. And I think it actually hurts jiu-jitsu. John has never been wrong on anything. Like, he'll say something to me, and whether I don't agree with it or not, like, two, three years later, I'm like, oh, wow, he's right. Except for his fashion tips. Except for that. <laughs> <laughs> Subjective. Um, but, uh, and so he's like, he's like, you're already making a ton of money. He's like, you're the greatest of all time. And he's like, and jiu-jitsu is just on the cusp of being a mainstream sport. Yes. He's like... If you leave now, it's just going to degenerate back into what it was, unless there's another star built, which doesn't seem like there is. You fucked the game. Um, so he's like, there's no reason for you to move to MMA. He's like, you can just continue to do this, and you can retire with a legacy that no one will be able to be close to even touching. So, oh my God. He's right. No, he's right. He's 100% right. Um, now, there are guys in the sport, when we talk about you know personalities, and there's some young guys coming up for sure. But, you know, me and my guy, my team were talking about last night, a, a guy like Dylan Dennis. You know, he, he kind of rose to fame in the jiu-jitsu. I don't think a lot of people realize this, and you'll do a much better job educating the fans on this, but Dylan Dennis, his kind of rise in jiu-jitsu came when he was a brown belt, correct? Like, he dominated yeah. as a brown belt, and then when he went to black belt, that's when, like, people think he was, like, undefeated as a black belt, like, absolutely. He wasn't. He's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu practitioner. Not compared to you, I'm not saying that, but to, in the MMA world, in, in, in jiu-jitsu, what he did at Brown Belt was historic, man. Like, great run, right? Yeah, he was one of the biggest one of the biggest prospects coming into Black Belt. He won, I don't, I don't know exactly what he won. He won a ton of tournaments at Brown Belt. Um, and then going into Black Belt, he actually had a competitive match with me at ADCC 2017. 
Uh, and then I think he won Nogi Pans double gold at Black Belt. So he, he, he was, at some point, he was pretty legitimate compared to the rest of the guys in the world. Um, and then, you know, he started training with Connor. And then from there, his, his athletic career kind of just fell off. Um, and anyone's free to fact check, uh, fact check this at bjjheroes.com. Uh, Dylan's competitive record, uh, competitive record at Black Belt is 18 wins and 16 losses. Yeah. So he started pretty strong through brown belt. He built up through brown belt, had a good run at brown belt, got to black belt, was always competitive with the best guys early in his career, but could never beat the best guys. And then after that, he started working with Connor and he stopped training with Marcelo and then he kind of just fell off from there. And do, do you think that's because he wasn't all in on jiu-jitsu? Because once he went, you know, towards a little bit MMA and working with Connor, like, if you're not all in, especially at, in jiu-jitsu at that black belt level, if you're not all in, you're good. It's tough. You can go 18 and 16. It's tough. Know, or... It's tough. And I think that coupled with the fact that he just parties way too much. I don't think he like, yes. really trains consistently anymore. Um, so... But here's what's impressive. You tell me about this. I don't know how you feel about Dylan Dance. I actually like Dylan Dance. I, I don't agree with some of the stuff that he does and stuff like that. But as a human being, the interaction I've had with him, he's a good guy. He pays way too much attention to comments. And I think he's, you know, he's kind of lost track of what he really wants. You know, and I think he's trying to find that and lashes out. But I, I think deep down, good person just needs some direction. Um, so I, my thing with, with Dylan is, think about it. He hasn't competed on the last time he's competed. If you, if you think about like top 10 names that are brought up in just combat sports in general, he has to be up there. Yeah. Like he's always put himself into like the, what was it, the KSI fight or, or the, the, he's always, always staying relevant. Now, I don't know how he makes money. I don't know how that works if you're not competing, but he's always relevant. There has to be something to it where it's like marking wise, like again, he's fallen out whatever two, three fights now. And so it's getting a little bit tough for him, but it, we're just talking about how impressive it is, whether you like it or not, how he's always, always trending. If there's one thing Dylan's an absolute master at, it's staying relevant without actually doing anything. Yes. Um, like so you, you gotta, you gotta him, appreciate the hustle. If, if you can't give him credit for anything, you can at least give him credit for that. Like, he's, he stays relevant, whether he's fighting people, whether he's whether he's scheduling matches that he's not going to take. Yeah, it's like, nuts. it's whatever whatever you have to say about Dylan, he definitely does a great job. We're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> he stays relevant. He stays relevant, yeah. but he doesn't actually do anything. Um, it's impressive. So, you know, it's definitely. It's so impressive. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and then he like, got into the fight with Khabib. I get like five, six hundred thousand followers overnight. And I'm just like, man, like, he's not doing anything, but he's relevant. Yeah. So, he, you got to at least give him credit for that. And I like to troll him all the time. Um, but you don't like have a real issue with him. Like you, the level you're at, you're not, because he hasn't competed in Jiu-Jitsu at that level you're at. So it doesn't really well, get you out of bed to compete against him. Like, well, is that even? I think, I think Dylan genuinely doesn't like me because when I attack him, it's like just based off, like I like post statistics and like, I like, I talk like about what, what, what's actually going on. So I know that it hurts him where he can't really say anything about me because I just win all the time. Yeah, it's so I, I think that he genuinely gets hurt when I attack him, so he doesn't actually like me. But I don't have a problem with him. I just think, like, he's very good at doing the marketing side of things. But if you're very good at talking, you don't actually compete and you can't win, then I just think you're a clown. Yes. Like, winning is the hard part. The marketing stuff is the easy part. See, I agree. I, I, and I, I think uh, I'll defend Dylan a little bit here it, where it's like, all right, you got the marketing down, dude. You do have the skills to compete at a high level and can, you know, whatever you want to do with it, whether it's coaching or whatever, get involved with the camp. 
So focus on that, man. Get away from all the social media hoopla and start focusing on that. That's hard, though. It's the hardest thing you do in the world. Do you? Does, does he want to live that hard life? But he's going to have to because you, you can't just keep making these promises and then not showing up. Well, like, the thing is, I think Dylan has a lot of family money. I could be wrong because he doesn't teach. He doesn't compete. How can he generate revenue? He doesn't have sponsors. Yeah. He doesn't post like on his Instagram. He doesn't post sponsors. Isn't it amazing? So how the only way that I can see him having a stream of revenue is by having family money. Other, yeah. Or like he invested in Bitcoin in like 2010 and yeah. now he's just a billionaire. Like there's no other way I can possibly see Maybe he invested in like him. Uber like 10 years yeah. ago or some shit. So like, unless just it's, don't know. Unless it's one of those things, there's no way he can generate money because he doesn't fight. He doesn't teach. He doesn't have sponsors. So yeah. I don't know what he's doing, but it's impressive. He, he's, he's definitely staying relevant yeah. somehow. We're talking about him, but enough about Dylan Dennis, man. I'm talking to the goat here. This episode of Food Truck Diaries with Gordon Ryan, the goat, is brought to you by, of course, the goat of supplements. I'm talking about Onnit. Onnit.com slash shop. You save 10% off the best supplements, the best workout gear. I was just at their facility in Austin working my little tail off. They got everything popping there, daddy. Go check out their gym. Get a gym membership. Get your thick ass in shape. There's no excuses. For those of you that can use a little turbo on your brain there, check out Alpha Brain, the number one nootropic on the planet. They sell it at Walmart, but help your boy out. Go to onnit.com slash shop, save 10% off Alpha Brain. Now, I started with Alpha Brain, like the rest of you, like the common folk out there, and then I made the leap to Alpha Brain Black Label. It's more intense. It's for those do-gooders out there. Alpha Brain Black Label is the best nootropic on the freaking planet. Supercharge your brain and start shooting out sentences you never thought were capable for you. All right? That's onnit.com slash shop. Temps off the entire site, including Alpha Brain, Alpha Brain Black, Protein, Workout gear, stream fitness, we got it all. Audit.com slash shop, 10% off. If you've been a consumer of any show that I do, you know I only recommend products that I actually personally use. Whatever it's it's rain, whether it's rogue nicotine, whatever it is, your boy's using it. And when it comes to Kratom, I trust only one company. I trust one company only. I use it personally every single day, no matter what show I'm doing. We're talking about Happy Hippo Kratom. That's Happy Hippo Kratom. HappyHippo.com. Use the promo code THICK23. THICK with three C's. That's T-H-I-C-C-C 23. You save 20% off the entire lineup. Your boy uses the concentrated shots. That's right. I use their uh, cherry shot. They have the new butterscotch shot, but you can get in gummies. You can get in powder. However you want to get your Kratom into your body, Happy Hippo has the best Kratom on the planet, so go ahead and get you some, all right? It's my limitless pill. I don't do a single thing without Kratom from Happy Hippo. Again, that's happyhippo.com. Promo code is THICK, T-H-I-C-C-C-23. You save 20% off. Use that code as many times as you want. Share it with your friends, your aunt, your uncle, whoever you want. That's THICK23, happyhippo.com. Now let's wrap this show up. Let's get back to the program. Um, I think what would be good for you, and you've mentioned it, is the Ultimate Fighters coming back. Talking about Ultimate Fighter alumni, season 10, biggest season of all time, not a big deal. It's fallen off since then. It's, you know, it's on ESPN Plus, nobody's watching. But now you have Connor and Michael Chandler. And I've heard you mention, I don't know if it was the Ariel, whatever interview you did, where you'd like to be Ultimate Fighter coach. I think that would do so much good for you because you can get so many eyeballs. And you're obviously a clearly good coach. You speak well, you look the fucking part. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if Connor's using Dylan, but I know Chandler really well. I'll text his ass right now. So I'm, Chandler's my boy. I'll text him like, hey, if you don't use my boy Gordon, <laughs> never call me again. So I posted that 
and I was like, man, how awesome would it be if they had like a spinoff where you know I was like Chandler's coach and Dylan was Connor's coach, and then they fought, and then we had a grappling match on on Fight Pass. But I was like, that'd be tough because that would mean Dylan would actually have to show up and compete. So, <laughs> in the event that you could actually get Dylan to fight me, it would make sense. But it doesn't make. I mean, I would I would help coach either one of them either way, but. But you'd be uh, down to do it. But, but for sure, yeah, I'd have to just move around some competition schedules. But if I if you have the opportunity to coach with Chandler and McGregor on Ultimate Fighter, it's a big opportunity. So and I don't know I definitely why do. either one wouldn't use you. Like you know, Connor appreciates like elite high level shit clearly, and then Mike Chandler is such a good person. I'm I'm sure one of them's gonna be down for. I'm telling you, we're gonna take a picture. I'm gonna send to Chandler. I'm like, dude. If you don't fucking hire, I'm, ready I'm gonna freak the hell out. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. Yeah. I think you'll just add to the hype of the show because Ultimate Fighter, and I hate to see it. It's just, it's just hasn't been doing well. But having Connor and Chandler on there, and now it's not only is he, it's not gonna be just behind ESPN Plus paywall. It's gonna be on regular ESPN. So the amount of views and like what you're doing for Jitsu, like you have the greatest of all time doing the damn thing, and he's a coach on here, and they tell your story. I, I think it'd be great. Yeah. And all the kids on the show know who the hell you are. Then I know they're they're doing a part where I, I'm pretty sure they're bringing guys back that had a shot at the UFC, it didn't go well, so like a redemption story. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember watching that redemption one with Matt Sarah on it when I was like oh, nine years old. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end on some of this stuff because I know you get back to training. I'm, I can't tell you the anxiety I have watching you eat your food and how I'm praying to God it doesn't fuck up your day. Because you're never going to talk to me again. My stomach's been okay. The fans are going to watch this, and they're going to look at it, and they're going to be like, I knew it. His stomach was never fucked up the whole time. He <laughs> yeah. was lying the yeah, whole time. That made this whole excuses. thing, yeah, he's made this whole thing up. Yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing a lot better. I ate a full cheeseburger and fries, double cheeseburger and fries, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely doing a lot better. God, I hope it goes well. I have the worst anxiety. Um, just going back to, to how I always find it interesting, like your journey to get to where you're at now, where you're considered the greatest to ever do it. Growing up in New Jersey, you didn't start jiu jitsu you're 15, right? Yeah. Uh, did anybody see this coming? Like, were you a football player? Like, wh where's where's this come from? Because it's not like jiu jitsu in Jersey, how long ago? When you were 15, you're 27 now. So it's not like it was this big, like, no, huge thing. It wasn't. Yeah. I, um, so, like, I've talked about this before. I got into an interest in fighting and grappling because uh, our daycare teacher, uh, who just played like high school basketball, never did any combat or anything. Uh, he used to watch UFC and listen to Rogan commentate moves. And he'd come into daycare and he'd be like, this is a Kimura, or like, this is a rear naked. And how old are you? Like seven, this eight. This guy's awesome. And he's like, all right, now practice it. So we'd like practice submissions. Great. And he's like, he was like, try to give us the breakdown of the submission based on Rogan's commentary. <laughs> and we'd practice it. And then we all circle up and we have like King of the Hill where like we'd all wrestle and the first person that gets submitted loses. The winner stays in and the next person in line goes in. We had like two kids watching the door to make sure the boss doesn't come. This and is then awesome. And have like a fight club inside the daycare. And uh, so then I was like beating up my friends for years, just like, you know, grappling. Like, and were you dominating that right away? I would, I would be at my friends at daycare, yeah. Yeah. So then. You're just undefeated in this fucking schoolyard so then, fight club? Exactly. So <laughs> then when I was like 15, I saw. Uh, sign for jiu-jitsu. I was shopping in my, uh, with my mom in the mall, in like a shopping mall. And I saw a big jiu-jitsu sign. And I was like, Mom, I want to start training. And so at the time, I started training under a guy, um, Haas, who owned the school. He was a brown belt under Ricardo Omeda at the time. 
and then I had my first coach was a blue belt, who's uh, Miguel Benitez. And, uh, you know, I started training under those two. Miguel was, like, my main coach because Haas wasn't there a lot of times. And you're 15 um, at this point. That's 15. And then, uh, you know, I was training there for a couple of years, and then I met Tom the Blast, and then I met Gary Tonin, and then, uh, then I started training. Then Gary took the school over, and then I started training with Gary full-time, and then Gary started going to the city. He met John because he was helping Frankie Edgar with the camp. Yeah. Uh, and then I started going to the city with John, and then we kind of just moved on and then eventually started training with John full-time when I was like 19, 18, 19 Jesus. years old. And then it was just so. off to the race. When, when did, was there a time you knew you are just kind of this outlier? Um, so I was always, for like my age division and for like my belt level, I was always doing well. Like I was competing well, I was beating black belts as a blue belt. Um, but I never really had any like, international level success where I won like a big tournament until like I won Nogi World at brown belt. Um, and then the, the conference, where I really knew that I was gonna be one of the best guys was uh, was EBI six, where I fought Yuri, uh, who was the reigning ADCC champion at the time. I was like 185 pounds to that. Yuri was like 230, and I ended up strangling him in overtime. And then I fought Rustem right after that, who was the uh, who was the current ADCC bronze medalist, and I strangled him in overtime. Jesus. And I had just got my black belt, and I knew that I was like just getting started. I was like, yeah. I still suck at jiu-jitsu, but I'm, I, I just beat the current ADCC here, champion. Here we go. Um, so I was like, okay, you know this, you know this is getting serious now. Like I can definitely hang with the best guys in the it's world. Serious. And then I had the match with Keenan, which was no time limit, and I submitted Keenan, and I was like, all right, like, you know, this right. is this is different now. We're cooking. Man. So yeah. Yeah, so, but growing up, the sport of choice was what? You were just this crazy competitive kid? Like, so I played like backyard football. I wrestled around with my friends. I did like a season or two, maybe, of like, uh, of like wrestling, like wrestling camps when I was like little, uh, but nothing really serious. I, I always tried to, I tried to play football for a season. wasn't really into it. Um, so it was just really just like me, like doing like backyard fights with my friends. And were you, you were athletic? I was always, I was always super athletic until I started doing jiu-jitsu. Because everything in normal athletics is like doing this, like big explosive yes. movements. Everything in jiu-jitsu is like this. Yes. So the more I do jiu-jitsu, my ankles get popped. If I try to cut or play basketball yeah. now, I just roll my ankles. Yeah. Like I can't do anything athletic anymore, but I used to be athletic. Yeah. Um, now I'm just especially strong and I can invert and I can bend my yeah. body in certain built ways. For um, so I'm athletic in a different way, but not like standard. Like if you had me do like an NFL athletic test. Yeah, if you do a 40 like, yard dash. Yeah, it would be atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But, uh, and I, any any person I know in jiu-jitsu doing a high level, they have the highest IQ I know. Jiu-jitsu is such a thinking man's game, especially the outliers. Like, Henry Gracie, one of the smartest people I know. Yeah. Henzo, one of the smartest people I know. Uh, Ricardo Almeida, smart. Padre, super smart. Uh, uh, Bouchesha, oh, yeah. smart dude. Yeah. Like, there's so many of these outliers. Were you, you were good in school? Like, did you excel in school? I was you're good. clearly a smart fucking dude. I was good at things that I was interested in. Yes, like I'm great. like a I'm like a totally zero or a hundred guy. So if I didn't care about it, I would just like completely neglect it. Yes. But if I was interested in it, then I could excel. So I was only willing to put my really willing to put my time into things that I was actually interested in. And you did well. And yeah. And so I then I, you know I was always in love with MMA and specifically grappling because the first UFC I ever watched was a Hoist Gracie tribute. So it was like all the first UFCs of Hoist Gracie. Where he's in the game. Yeah, beating people up. Even yeah. though it was like, I don't know, 2004 or five. Yeah. They were doing reruns of the early UFCs. Yes. And so I was like, man, Jiu-Jitsu's the best. Yeah. And so then- You were like, have you seen it lately? Yeah. yeah. So then like I had like an obsession with Jiu-Jitsu from an early age and, uh, you know, I watched that first UFC when I was seven years old. 
and I just decided like that's what I'm gonna do when I get old. So dope, man. And so you know, then I started I started training jiu-jitsu because I wanted to fight MMA, and I just kept getting roped back into like roped back into jiu-jitsu. Like I want to win trials, I want to win ADCC, yeah. then I want to win the absolute, now I want to win the super fight. It's so, like every time it's something else, and it ended up working Here out. You are so, yeah, working out. Yeah, the greatest of all time. <laughs> Your nickname's the King for God's sake. That was a, that was that was on purpose. After uh, I won the EBI, that was the first time ever experiencing like shit talk. People were like, I'm like, man, how is everyone so miserable? So John gave us his whole speech like before that on how to like build a brand and what direction we want to take it. And I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw like George St. Pierre's comment section. George's like the nicest guy ever. Ever. And have you rolled with him? Oh yeah, all the time. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, I've been training. Oh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, guy. I've been yeah, training yeah. with him like ten years. Yeah, of course. Great guy. So smart guy? Smart guy. Very smart guy. So I see his comment section and it's like ninety percent hate comments. And I'm just like if these people are going to hate on this guy, they're going to hate on, they're going to talk shit about anybody. So I'm like, I may as well just make as much money as I can and say whatever I want. Yes. I'm like, how can I piss people off the most? I'm like, King Ryan, that's it. So I started to call myself King Dude, Ryan. I love it. And everyone's like, man, fuck that guy. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm doing it right. I'll do it right. And when you told your uh, family that you were going to do jiu-jitsu full time, not go to college and all that, so, they were on board? So my dad was, my dad was skeptical but behind it my mom told me that the only way i could keep doing jiu-jitsu uh was if i also went to college so she's like yeah i get a real job so i was like okay whatever so right out of high school i worked uh 40 hours a week at dpw just throwing grass bags in the back of a truck and then i would train at nighttime on the weekends and then i would go to college part-time where at uh at brookdale the community college um so i did like two to three days a week i think at community college and then uh, I did that for like two semesters. And then I won the EBI in 2016. And like that year, because my mom was like, how are you gonna make money? So in that year, I made like $100,000. And probably 50 of it off the EBI, right? It was uh, 25, okay. because I only had two submissions in regulation. Gotcha. So it was possible 50, but I made 25. 25. And I'm like, mom, I'm just starting my career. I made more money than you this year. Can I just stopped fucking going to college. <laughs> I made more money than you. <laughs> I'm, like, do I'm like, can I just stop going to college? She's like. Yeah, fine. Like so then, like, so then after the EBI, I had made more money on that night than I was making. I was making like two grand a month at DPW. So I made more money in that uh, in that night than I made working a full year at DPW. And I was like, man, I'm rich. Yeah, I'm all <laughs> so, uh, I'm rich. So I was like, so I was like, mom, can I please like just stop going to college and just you know dedicate myself to this? And I finally convinced her. She's like, yeah, sure. So then she was fully on board. And then, like, a year or two later, I convinced her to let, like, Nikki drop out of high school at, like, 14. Yeah. And he, then he started training full-time with John. And then after that, they were kind of all in, and they were behind it. Smart. Smart parents, man. Yeah. I'm, I, I want to end on this. So I was watching the Flow Sports released a um, kind of, like, a, a embedded on you. It shows you waking up, and your girl's there, and she took your food, and you're eating. And then you talk about how you drive a Toyota is a Corolla. Corolla. And you're like, cause I, I, I need suffering Monday through Friday. Yes. Now the, I'm a big car guy. I'm a gearhead. And I saw the cars that you have in the garage. You said, you know, whatever the weekends are for testosterone. Like yes. this. And you have, what do you have? Like a C5, C6 Corvette yeah, so, and you have a GTR? No. So I have a, uh, a 2022, uh, Miata club edition, which is hers. She drives that around for so the, cool. the RF version. It's got like, Whole bunch of stuff. I'm actually giving that away. It's got it's lower. It has suspension. Everything. It's all done up. Love it. Um, I have a my dad's '86 uh, C4 Corvette. Uh, Saw that white. Yeah, the white one with the Greenwood body kit that we would always like to talk about. And uh, 
the black rag top. Um, so he's he's had that since '87. So there's like sixty thousand miles on it. That. Yeah, all original. That I'm keeping yeah, that forever. That. Um, and then I bought him before he died. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The, the car that he, that's okay. I'm sorry, I bought him uh, the the car that he wanted, which was a 2017 uh, CTSV Cadillac. Oh, those are sick. Yeah, I love those. Um, and then I have uh, the TRX, which I have today because I couldn't come to this podcast driving a Corolla. That, that would have hurt my feelings. So I felt embarrassed. So I was like, <laughs> I got to take the TRX. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and then uh, I have a two-door Jeep, which is on the way, which is going to replace her uh, her Miata when we give that away. Um, and then after this Penna match, because Penna's making me so much money after I beat him up again, uh, there is a 1,500 horsepower Calvo Viper uh, in I Florida, heard you that, which I'm you're really which I'm really considering buying. Do it, um, fucking so do it. I dude. drove in one of those things. And the one that I was in was 1,900 wheel horsepower, so it's a lot faster. It's dangerous. No matter how, however I can try to explain it to you, it won't do it justice. It's like, the, it, you, first of all, the car feels all-wheel drive. So there's like no traction issues whatsoever. Yes. And it's is just... It, is it it's stick? Yeah, it's a uh, six-speed sequential. So it's like you just go forwards and backwards. Oh, man. Um, but the one that I want runs... 1300 horsepower on pump gas on 93 with a regular six speed. Oh, I like it. And I want to like buy it and like make it like the Batmobile, like matte black, everything. So. And it's based out of Florida? He's in Florida right now. There's a guy, an old guy who owns it in Florida. I'm going to go and check it out after. And how much, how much are we talking about for this thing? Uh, he's asking, I think, 175 for it. So. And what year is it? 2017. Yeah, I love Vipers, man. So. They're talking my business. Yeah. Dude. So my Felipe Pena check will pay for that. So <laughs> I should just have Flo make the check out to this guy that I'm going to buy the just Viper. Just make out you're getting it. Um, and then, so I can thank Felipe for the. Uh, please send me the, the link to that car when we get out of here. I will. I'd I'll, love I'll, to see it. I'll send you pictures. So please do. It's actually Calvo's friend. He doesn't have it listed anywhere. He just sent me pictures. He's like, man, he's like, I'm just, he's like, I'm 83 years old. He's like, I don't drive it anymore. It's got 800 miles on it. Jesus it's like brand Christ. new. They yeah. built it in 2017 when it had seven miles, and the guy only drove it 800 miles. So now I'm just like, man, I'm gonna go to Florida, hopefully buy it, and then drive it back to drive Austin. Back, yeah. Drive back to Austin. You hopefully, just, you probably end up in jail. It, you deserve it. I hope the license plate is just like King, King Ryan. That'd be sick. So Penn's thing is, uh, he has this terrible joke where he calls me Chubby Baby. So You're not chubby. I don't, don't even get started. So, because like Gordo and like Spanish means chubby, or in Portuguese okay. means chubby, so he just calls me like Chubby Baby. It's like just a terrible joke. Sure, yeah. So. Sonny actually got me a license plate that says Texas, and then it says Chubby Baby on it. I love it. So if I buy the Viper, I'm going to have the Viper. I mean, the post is going to be thanking Felipe, and it's going to be a license plate that says Chubby Baby on the back Dude, of the Viper. I love it. <laughs> I do. I fucking love it. Well, uh, on this show, I always, I'm a sneakerhead, super sneakerhead guy. And you're, you're a tricky one because, you know, I saw the Toyota Curl. I'm like, oh, man, I, I can't get, like, some crazy shoes. Originally, I, I team up with my guys at uh, Suplex in Philly. They sent the Jordan 11s, but then they had gold on them because King Ryan, like, he's the best. Let's send these from the GOAT to the GOAT. And I was like, I feel like it's a little flashy for him. And so I had my guys reach out. I'm like, ask him what he wears, though, because I want him to wear them. And, you know, you mentioned you wear some chucks, stuff like that. I want to get you the off-white chucks. Okay. I can't just give you a regular fucking. Okay. I can't just come out and give you, like, a con. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, thanks for the $40 chucks, Sean. Uh, so these... It's a, a Kith collab with Converse. They're super rare to find. Okay. If, if this one might pay for uh, maybe a month worth of gas on that new Viper. Okay. But it's the Kith Coca-Cola collab. They're super rare. Coca-Cola, I drink Diet Coke. I don't know, you know, you can't mess with it, but they're dope. She makes me drink Coke Zero if I'm gonna drink it. Ah, Thank there you so go. <laughs> so those are for you, my man. There's some rare Kith Chuck collabs. 
This, one, this one's for you, Coca-Cola. Yep. Even with it. Even with even the with a bottle. The packaging is no joke from Kith. <laughs> but those are those are a rare shoe for a rare breed, man. That's awesome. Thank you're, you so uh, much, dude. You're the goat, dude. And I appreciate you doing this, brother. And uh, please send me the link to that Viper. If you don't get it, and I probably will. <laughs> or I'm so, going to get one similar. Was, That's how this goes. I was when I hear about it. I was talking to Rogan. Oh, dude, if you're going to buy something, don't call Rogan. Because he'll convince you to buy it. Oh, no, no. I was trying to convince him to buy one. We were at, we're like, we hung out with him. He was, like, doing a show at Vulcan. And I, I got drunk. And I, like, just taken the Viper. I like, just went for a ride in the Viper, like, two days before. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you. I'm like, I'm like, because he has a plaid. I'm like, going from the Plaid to the Viper is like going from a Miata to the Plaid. 100%. It's like, it's like so mind-blowingly fast. I'm like, Calvo's here. I'm like, just take a ride in one. I'm like, I promise you'll buy it. He's like, yeah, that's the problem. He's like, I can't buy any more fucking cars. Like, I have too many cars. I'm like, you never have too many cars, man. Never. I'm like, never. <laughs> never. With him, I was at, uh, I'm a big Ferrari Porsche guy, and I was at Ferrari, and I get allocated cars, and they have an SF90 Spider, and they're super rare. And the guy's like, yeah, the allocation ends today. And so I'm there, I'm talking to Rogan. I was like, yeah, you know, it's the highest car I'd ever have to pay for. And he's like, wait, what is it? I'm like, SF90 Spider. He's like, man, I'd love an all black one. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Uh, can the guy do it? I'm like, I'm here with the Ferrari guy. So I'm like, hold on, let me talk to him. I'll talk to him. He's like, we have one allocation left. And I was like, hey, they can do it. He's like, I'll take it. And just there, and I, he's like, you, you get one too? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm the one who gave you the idea. And then I said, I know we're both getting fucking. I, I was talking to him about this. He's like, man, I just ordered a new Ferrari. It's supposed to be faster than the Plaid. And I don't really know that much about Ferraris because I'm not ready to spend the half a million dollars on a car. Um, but, but I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, which one is it? He's like, oh man, I forget. Yeah, I'm he doesn't like, know. I'm like, you just ordered a Ferrari. I sold him on it. No, like, I sold him on it. You just a Ferrari yeah. and you don't know what kind it yeah. is. I'm like, that's how you know you're too rich. That's when you know you're I'm balling. Like, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, how do you just buy a Ferrari you don't know what model it is? Because I was <laughs> I was stressed out. I was like, I don't know, dude. I called him like, all right, you're right. Let's get him. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. But get that Viper. You've earned it, That's dude. why the Viper is perfect because it's only, it's like 200 grand, but it's 1,300 horsepower. So it's like See, that's it's what I hard like. to beat. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have that. Like I like it. It's American muscle car. Like, yes, it's like brother. perfect on brand. Yes, I love it, man. Well, you're gonna get that Viper. Maybe I should bring my GT2 RS down. And I think that's the only car that could maybe keep up with your Viper. Much power I'll beat you on the track. I have it tuned, which is insane. Nobody tunes GT RSs. I have it tuned. It's right around a thousand horsepower. Oh, wow. This thing's a yeah. savage, dude. Savage. You would love it. I would love it. Yeah. Anything so, fast I like. Yeah, me too. But uh, I can't thank you enough, man. You're the greatest to ever do it, brother. Thank you. You're the best. Appreciate, appreciate you doing this, brother. Thank you. Yeah. The king, pound for pound, go, Gordon Ryan.